Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Michael Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I'm thankful for a beautiful day. It's gorgeous outside. Don't get too many more of these, those of you that know Wisconsin. The dark and gloomy days of winter lie ahead, but we can be thankful for what we have in the present. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, friends and family. And uh, this morning I want to talk about continuing to be thankful. You know, we often talk about Christmas should be every day. Thanksgiving should be every day as well. Every day that we wake up, we should be thankful. It could always be worse. So this morning, I want to talk to you about being thankful for guide rails. And uh, I'd like to start again in the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. It says, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for things that guard me from disaster. When I was younger, I used to really enjoy roller coasters. I have, uh, Delena is 11. She still loves them. Her mom is scared of heights, so I get designated to go on these rides. I have realized that my stomach cannot handle what it used to. A few years ago, um, we were in Florida and um, had a family vacation there. We went to an amusement park and we were going, Delena really wanted to go on this one ride, but she was scared. It was a very tall ride. It was called the Rip Ride Rocket. And dad got designated to go with her. So as we began to make our way up the level, see, it, it, it still looks big from the bottom, but when you start getting to the top and looking down, it's a totally different perspective. And she began to get more and more nervous, and the anxiety began to set in. But as we got to the top, and I, I actually videotaped it, not on my phone, but I had a camera that I smuggled onto the ride, and it was hilarious. Her face throughout this ride was pure fear and terror. It's about a 60, I think they say it's a 17-story drop. So needless to say, it was priceless. But the thing that, that I kept reassuring Delena about was that this ride was on rails. And these rails... This, these carts were secured to these rails. And as long as you stayed on the rails, it didn't matter if you went left or right or even 
flipped upside down. As long as, you, as that cart stayed on the rails, you were going to be safe. When you're driving down the road, recently, my wife and I um, got away for a, a weekend, and we went to Tennessee. And um, there's some mountains in Tennessee, and again, my wife does not like heights. So she tries to sleep through those parts of the mountains. But I, I'm just observing that when, when you drive in, in those mountainous areas that there's a lot of rails, there's a lot of security up there. There's runoff paths and there's, there's these steel cable rails that are between you just to make sure that you don't go across or off the edge. There's a lot of things in place to keep you safe and they're, and they're really guide rails because when it really starts to you know, if the weather gets bad or, or it begins to rain, you start looking for things that you can use as a reference. They teach you this in driver's ed. If someone's coming at you with your high beams, you want to look to the white line on your side and stay close to that. Because it provides you some, some reference of where you're safe. There's guides that are put all over the place. Now, when we went to Tennessee... Um, the driveway that we had to go up didn't have any guardrails. Again, we videotaped this just for the fear of my wife. Because they have switchbacks. It's a lot scarier when there's nothing there to protect you from going off the edge. Guardrails. Things that are put in place to protect us. I'm thankful for those. Speed limits. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get much of a response there. But I am glad. I, I'm, I'll tell you, first and foremost, I am not happy when I get pulled over for speeding. I think some places, the rules seem to be kind of dumb. If you have an overpass to avoid downtown, maybe it shouldn't be 35 miles an hour. When you fence it off and there's no houses, let me go. However, I'm glad that in my little cul-de-sac where my kids play in the road, that they can't drive 95 miles an hour through there because we have plenty of teenagers that probably would. No offense, teenagers. So I'm glad that there's speed limits for other people. <laughs> it's for safety. We have laws that govern our country, that are guides to guard and protect us. They were originally based on the Ten Commandments. Pretty good set of rules there to protect us. I'm, I'm happy and I'm thankful that if someone comes to harm me or my family, there's somebody that I can call to enforce those guards and make sure that they're kept in place. I also wish sometimes that they'd catch those other guys that are speeding past me. Anyway, so guardrails. Every day when I walk into work, there's, where I work, we, we rent out the lower level and there's another company that's there and, and I see a bumper sticker every, just about every morning that I go in and it, it bothered me. And it was, it had a, in rainbow colors, it said straight 
but not narrow. And again, when I first saw it, I thought, well, you know, it just doesn't sit right with me. And now I get to see it, like I said, just about every day that I go into work, and it just continues to bother me. Because even though that says straight but not narrow, I know that the Bible says that the path I want to stay on is straight and narrow. Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. See, we don't mind being on a narrow path with guide rails that protect us and keep us safe, as long as they don't hinder us from what we want to do. Thankful for the safety. I'm thankful for highways that are protected from people crossing over. We'll see it a lot this winter. Rails torn up, cables stretched. We appreciate it when it's protecting us. We dislike it, and we can even become despondent and despise those same rails if we want to go past them. I want to let you know that God will let you go to the other side of those rails. But I want to remind you today that those rails were put there for a purpose. And we need to remember why they're in place. Let me ask you a question. Let's go with some societal impact. Let me ask you a question. Do you think our society would be better off if there were no drugs, illegal use of drugs, if prohibition would have never been repealed? So let me just, I guess emphasize this a little further. When we look at the impacts, see, sometimes, I mean, we, we look at it and we say, well, you know, it's, it's a negative and it, and it, and it hurts people and, and it can be, you know, detrimental to people's safety. Let me give you some numbers. Now, keep in mind that I have rarely met a person that says they can't handle it. I can handle it. I'm a social drinker. More power to you. Let me give you some information. Now, these are last year's statistics, okay, from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. An average drunk driver has driven drunk 80 times before their first arrest. 50 to 75% of convicted drunk drivers continue to drive on a suspended license. Every two minutes, a person is injured in a drunk driving crash. So you say, man, that's, you know, that's, those are some crazy statistics. Drunk driving costs the United States 199 billion, with a B, dollars a year. In 2012, 
29.1 million people admitted to driving under the influence of alcohol. That's more than the population of Texas. And every day in America, another 28 people die as a result of drunk driving crashes. That's approximately 10,220 fatalities due to drunk driving. Amazingly, it's rarely the drunk person that dies. What do you think about that rail now? What if it was your child that got struck by a drunk driver? What if it was your family that was torn apart from alcohol? Do you think that maybe, just maybe, if we had understood why the guardrails were in place and how much it would cost our society to allow us to please our flesh, that we would have said, you know what? On this particular cliff, let's take away the guardrails. Or maybe we would have said, you know what? Maybe there's a reason it's here. I did some rough math. In 2013, there were just in the United States approximately 12,600 rehab facilities dedicated to drug and alcohol rehabilitation. These are for people that are looking for a guide, something to help their life get back on track, to get back on the rails to get between the protective rails that God has put in place for us to be able to guide our life on that straight and narrow way. So why are the rails there in the first place? I'm thankful that God loves me. I'm thankful that God came down in flesh, dwelt among us, and was beaten and crucified for my sins. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he thought enough of that, of us and of me to protect us and to try and keep us safe, even though oftentimes we choose to go off the rails. When you're in darkness and you don't have a light, it's very difficult to see where you're going and how to find your way out. I'll give you an example. This last weekend we were up north and, and we're deer hunting and I was blessed to get a deer and, and my dad was going to come out and, and help me with this deer, take it in and my dad didn't really know where I was in the woods. We were, I was hunting a new area. And thankful for cell phones and being able to whistle real loud. But as my dad started coming through the woods, I could see his flashlight. And I got my flashlight up and I started signaling to where I was so my dad could find his way to me. And um, he located me and, and we, we were get, beginning to take the deer out of the woods. But 
we lost the trail that he came in on. And we had our flashlights, but we didn't have anything to reference. We didn't have a guide. I didn't have somebody over by the four-wheeler trail flashing the light to me so I could see what direction I needed to go. So where that deer died and where the four-wheeler was was about probably eh, 100 yards. We ended up going the almost the opposite direction through these woods for almost 400 yards. And the only reason that we were able to kind of figure out where we were is there was an old logging road. And we knew that if we stayed on that logging road, that we would run into a trail. We found something to guide us. And as long as we stayed on that path, we'd be safe. Even in the darkness, God provides you a guide. Something to bring you to safety. When you look at a guardrail, and I encourage you today as you go home to look at some of these rails. When you look at the guardrail, you notice you'd be able to, to be useful. It has to be connected to a post. If you just had a bunch of string going for 80 miles, it wouldn't do anything. But they have posts, and those posts are set at, different, at precise distances to maintain safety if somebody hits it. Those posts have to be dug deep down into a solid foundation. So that even if someone removes one rail or strikes one rail, the others will be able to hold. If rails are not maintained, they'll rot, fall apart. But the posts, if they're done correctly, will stay firm in a foundation that they're set in. What is your foundation? Our foundation needs to be the word of God and the truth he's given us. Luke chapter six and verse 47 says this, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built and house and digged deep and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation, built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. It is knowing that we have a living God and that his name is Jesus Christ. That he's given us the foundation that we need. He's shown us the rails and the protection that we're seeking. And as long as we stay on the track, we'll be safe. Acts chapter four and verse 12 says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven 
given among men whereby we must be saved. He's given us the name. He's given us his word. He's given us the guides that we need. We see a foundation, foundation based in salvation through repentance and water baptism by immersion and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's a foundation. That's your base. But what are you doing after that? Good news. You're in the cart. You're on the rail. You're between the guide rails. But as I said, now what? 1 John 1 and 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Stay in the light. Stay between the protection of the rails. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and 1 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. What are you supposed to do after you get the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name? Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. What are you supposed to do after you get on the rails? Preach the word to those that are lost. Be kind to others. These are some of your guardrails. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now I know I went through a lot of scripture in a hurry there. But that is our guide. Get your foundation set in the word of God. Follow what's been spoken and what's been preached. What, what's required of us? Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly before God. But we still have to have a foundation before we do that. They asked Peter that on the day of Pentecost. How do we get a foundation, Peter? Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is your foundation. This is how you get on the cart. Now, how do you stay between the rails? 
You may find in your walk with God that you may need to put up some of your own rails along the way. Things that may not have been issues for other people, you may find in your life they're issues. It's time to put up some rails. And remember why you put them up. You may find that you're struggling with someone who leads you down the wrong path. You may need to put in a rail. You may come to a place in your life where someone or something is pushing you to go over the edge. It's time to put in a rail. And those rails aren't just for you, but there's for those that come after you as well. Your children, your grandchildren. Why are these rails here? Good question. Let me tell you. This is why God wants to protect you from this. In society, we look at so many things as progress. I, I'm amused oftentimes when, when you even look at cell phones. Now, believe me, I have a cell phone. I, I appreciate its usefulness. I do. But what can be a great help can also be a great harm, especially when it's not used properly. See, I, I look at it, and we, every Thanksgiving we give an offering of cell phones when we walk in to, to my mom's for, for dinner and Christmas. Give your cell phones up. It's just about family. And uh, it amuses me sometimes because I start to think about what would life be like without a cell phone? When I go up north, I used to go up north and up north we don't have a, a phone installed and um, we used to get horrible reception. We still do get pretty bad reception. But one of the great things was that nobody could reach you. It was actually a vacation. Now I'm up there and, you know, if I, go, if I get in the right spot, I get seven or eight emails that pop in. And then you're like, oh, well, I know if I don't answer it, someone else will, so I better get on this real quick. And it detracts from our life in some ways. Now, yes, it, if there was an accident, I'd be the first guy on my cell phone calling up, hey, you know, there's a problem. We need, we need service right away. Great tool for that. But oh, can those things distract from so many other things. What used to be a, a big desktop computer now sits in the palm of your hand and you can walk anywhere, go to McDonald's, free Wi-Fi, come to church, free Wi-Fi, everywhere, free Wi-Fi. Like old McDonald's song here. But it can be a distraction. Am I saying all these things are bad? No, I'm, what I'm saying is you should know why there are guides and guards in place before you go chopping everything down for what some would call progress. Let me give you some examples. In society right now, I'm not gonna go off on tangents or anything like that, but I do, I do wanna give you some emphasis here. If you do not accept homosexuality, you are not progressive. If you don't accept legalizing drugs, you're not a progressive person. 
How can you call yourself, I've heard this one, how can you call yourself a Christian if you're not willing to allow any refugees into the United States? My personal views, not the views of this church. I'm not speaking for anybody else but me, okay? Let me tell you a couple of things. I'm a Christian. Doesn't mean I'm ignorant. Doesn't mean I should be silent all the time. I'm a Christian. I have beliefs. I have morals. And let's be honest. This society needs mine more than it needs this other junk. We need to start sharing what we have instead of just letting everybody else impose on what they think are progressive thoughts. See, I know why some guards have been built. I know that we have to protect ourselves from some people that hate us in this country. They even hate my children, I don't even know why. They don't even know me. I mean, maybe if they got to know me, they wouldn't like me, but hey, <laughs> let's give it a shot first. Doesn't mean I'm just, it's, I don't leave my doors wide open and say, hey, whoever wants to come in while I'm sleeping and do whatever you want to my home and my family, go ahead, I'm a Christian. No, that's ignorance. You can't be ignorant. We have to be aware. So there's a reason. We have to protect ourselves. I know that marijuana is an intro drug. Okay? And it always seems to lead to more lethal drugs. Would, uh, I'll give you a... Let me sidestep here for just a second. I sell commercial business insurance. Um, one of the, I was actually calling on a company. I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't know what they did, but I, I called on them, and they deal with um, these electronic cigarettes, okay? They, they sell the juice for them, evidently. Not familiar with this very well, but I, I, what we do is we gather information, and then we call the insurance companies to see who would be willing to take on that risk. And it amazes me because if you call an insurance company, they'll take a tobacco product, but they won't take anything to do with electronic cigarettes. Absolutely nothing. If you sell electronic cigarettes, if you manufacture them, if you manufacture the juice in them, they will not touch you with a 10-foot pole because they don't know how it's going to affect people down the road. There was a rail put in place. Many years, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna make a little light of this. I, you know what, you smoke, you smoke, I'm sorry for you, and I understand it's an addiction, and you know what, by the grace of God, you'll be able to overcome it. I told my dad when we were, up we were going up north, we were discussing some of our thoughts, and I said, you know, what blows my mind is all these years ago, people thought it would be good to ingest smoke into your body. I said, oh, okay. Well, you get a little nicotine and it relaxes you, I understand. I don't know, I haven't smoked, I'll trust you. Well, it gives me this, I'm able to relax. I, I notice people that relax smoking cigarettes like this a lot, <laughs> you know? And, and I'm not making fun of them. What I'm saying is this, it doesn't make any sense to me. That'd be like me going into a house. 
that's on fire and getting a good whiff of it. Don't you think that somewhere along the line, God thought, well, they can't be this dumb. Who would take toxins and willingly bring them into their body with smoke? There was a rail there. Tobacco companies saw an opportunity if they removed the rail to make a lot of money. I don't have the figures, but I can't even imagine how astronomical those numbers are of people that have dealt with lung cancer and different kinds of cancers because of smoking. We know the lawsuits were in the billions and billions of dollars. So electronic cigarettes are the same thing. They're going to stay away from because they don't know the long-term ramifications. But that rail was taken out years ago. So we have this new rail that's been removed in some states for the legalization of marijuana. Now you can, by prescription, I understand my, my wife's grandfather was given prescription marijuana to deal with nausea when he was going through chemo treatments and was very sick. I believe there is regulation that should be put in place with any narcotic medication. I don't think any form of smoking something is intelligent, like I said. But they are already seeing the trickle-down effect of legalizing marijuana in some of these states. Colorado's numbers for driving under the influence accidents have skyrocketed. The rail was there for a reason. You may feel that it's progressive, but let me, let me show you some of this progressive thought behind drugs, because that, it's another thing that I've, I've heard is that it's not a big deal, just marijuana. It's not a big deal. That's, that's the, the fad right now. If you, if you aren't smoking dope or stinky weed or whatever, you're just, it's not a big deal. Again, marijuana is not the final drug for most people. In Milwaukee County alone, this has been, if you haven't seen this on the news, and I haven't seen the news a lot, but I have seen this, um, heroin is the big drug now. Schools, um, high schools, adults, it's just, it's going crazy. In Milwaukee County alone in 2013, there were 69 deaths due to heroin overdoses. So to give you a comparison, in 2013, there were 51 deaths in Milwaukee County due to traffic accidents and 123 homicides. In 2014, there were 119 deaths due to heroin overdoses, 74 deaths due to traffic accidents and 102 homicides. Heroin overdoses, drug overdoses, exceeded even homicides in Milwaukee County. Wisconsin has the 34th highest drug overdose mortality rate in the United States in 2013. Washington, D.C. Um, is where this is posted. It says, Wisconsin is the 34th highest drug overdose mortality in the rate in the United States with 
per 100,000 people suffering drug overdose fatalities. The number of drug overdose deaths, a majority of which are from prescription drugs in Wisconsin, doubled since 1999, when the rate was four per 100,000. For those of you that don't know, lock your prescriptions up. Apparently, kids are getting into this stuff, shooting it up, snorting it up, doing whatever they got to do to get high. In 29 states since 1999, the national rate have doubled or quadrupled. In four states in the United States, it's tripled. We have 5.758 million people approximately in the state of Wisconsin. That means approximately 628 people last year died of drug overdoses. Heroin-related arrests more than doubled statewide between 2008 and 2012, according to the Department of Justice, from 267 to 673. Wisconsin emergency medical technicians deployed Narcan, a drug that counteracts overdose effects in the field 3,730 times in 2012. That's in 2012. And according to these same statistics, it's at least doubled or tripled since then in the state of Wisconsin. Why were the rails there? They weren't there to hold you back from getting this great high. They were put there to protect you from death. I know where accepting homosexuality leads as well. The first scripture I read to you talked about a wide gate. Let me refresh your memory. Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. I don't want to be progressive if it's going to lead me to destruction. I'll stay on the narrow-minded way. But I'm not going to say, oh, I agree with this or I agree with that, just so you'll accept me. Because I'm not worried about you accepting me. I'm worried about him accepting me. And to do that, i got to walk a straight and narrow way. The rails are there for a reason. They're there for a reason. If you feel like you need some direction for your life, Maybe you feel that you've been wandering through life without a purpose, going from one thing to another, and still feel like something is missing. I want to tell you that Jesus is what you've been looking for. John chapter 6 and verse 35 says this, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. I can guarantee you that if you let God guide your life, that he'll give you a high that you won't have to come off of. He'll protect you from things that will cause you harm. He will keep you from things that can destroy your family, your life, your future. 
God is here to protect you. Would you stand with me this morning? If you've been looking at those rails, trying to figure out how you can get on the other side to really enjoy life, by faith, Moses, in Hebrews chapter 11, 24, says this. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. What does that mean? You know what? If you want to go on the other side of the rail, you can. I would encourage you that before you make that decision, that you look into it and see why that rail was there in the first place. I have worked in in prisons and I have seen the horrible effects of drugs on people's lives, of alcohol on people's lives. I've seen girls in their early 20s, they're gonna spend the next 15 years of their life in a maximum security facility because that one time that they decided it was okay to drink and drive and they killed somebody, they're gonna live with that the rest of their life. I've seen people coming off drugs, shaking, fever, sweating. Why is the rail there? It's there to protect you from destruction. It's not worth the season to remove the rails. The rails need to be there to guide you to eternity. I don't want a season of joy. I don't want just a season of happiness. I want an eternity of happiness, of joy, and of peace. If you feel it's time for you to see what this is all about, where does this road lead? Where do these rails take me? How do I get on this road? I've got great news for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, For he says, In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Doesn't matter to me if you've gone off the rails. Doesn't matter to me if you've never gotten on the rails. I can tell you that today, God wants to bring you on that narrow way that leads to life. He brought you here today with a purpose. He gave me this message for someone in here today. And I want to encourage you, it's worth every bit of sacrifice that you'll give up to live for him and to get your life 
on the rails, moving in the right direction. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you for your love. I'm so thankful for your protection that you've put in place. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.